Hey guys, Jack here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, a quick reminder to learn about our upcoming live event in the New York City area uh, early this December. Check out our website, justhandspoker.com slash New York event, or check out the link in the show notes. All right, guys. Thanks so much, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, Zach. Hello, Jack. What's going on, man? Not much. Just had some nice fruit, as uh, you're aware. Yes. <laughs> Maybe too aware. Do you want to do a listener hand today? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, one of our one of our uh, members actually wrote in with a with a nice hand with a funny looking description. I just skimmed it, but uh, I'll, let, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, this hand comes from the MGM National Harbor Two Five. Hero writes about the other villains. Uh, there's an early position limper, a middle-aged Asian reg who plays too many hands passively. He has a fairly wide and weak limping range. Our hero, for what, for what it's worth, that's just too many people at, at MGM in the DC area. <laughs> Very common player type. But sorry, continue. Our hero is in the low jack. He's in his mid thirties. Uh, he's wearing a hoodie. It's, feels comfortable at the table. The main villain has never seen me before. I got stacked in my first hand at the table, but I've been building my stack back up since then. I've only been at the table about an hour, so I doubt anyone has super strong reads. If anything, they think I'm a pretty straightforward, head aggressive player. Or at least I'd guess. Okay. In the hijack, there's a late 20s mild manner, looks to be Central Asian, seems like an amateur. He tripled up from 1k during my first hand at the table when he flopped a set of nines after making a 20 in late position after four or so limpers. The big stack has made him slightly loose, I think, but he's pretty passive and hasn't gotten out of line at all. I have the impression he kind of wants to lock up the win. Okay. On the button, we have a sweaty-looking white guy in his early 30s. Play with that guy, too. <laughs> yeah. One of the guys who's been playing all night. Uh, he probably had almost 3K or so when I sat down, and now he's down to 1,200 or so, through playing too many hands and being too splashy. He seems to be tilting now. <laughs> in my hour or so at the table, he's 3-bet pre-flop at least three times already. Like four hands after the triple-up hand I described above... After a couple of other big pots, pretty desperately and ultimately successfully tried to convince everyone to play a round of straddles to make the game better. The game doesn't need to be better. <laughs> he kept on straddling each time, trying to talk someone else into straddling too. Feels like he's chasing a loss at this point, and in general, I think he's thinks he's better than he is. Okay. Again, these just these descriptions are very in depth, but I think all of them, except maybe the Central Asian player, describe many many people that we play with frequently. <laughs> Agreed. And we have two relevant hands on the button. First, early on my time at the table, he three-bet from the small blind and got called by four players. It's a good game. Let out on a jack-high dry board, got called in one spot. Queen, turn, check, check. Ten, river, bet out, and the other guy folded, and he claimed ace-king, which seemed honest, and if true, means I really hate his flat bet. It's hard for me to say if I think the flat bet is right or not. I think in a in a loose game, though, I, I would say it's almost certainly not correct, and maybe someone shouldn't have any kind of bluffing range unless they have significant equity. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So I agree with uh, our correspondent here that it seems like a really bad flop bet, but also something that I would expect from a tilted player who three-bet with ace-king and whiffed. So I'm not doubting him. Yeah, and he writes that he thinks it's honest, and I agree. Okay, the second hand. 
There's a straddle. Middle position makes 35, and the button makes it 80 in the low jack. Uh, the straddler, a good aggressive player, makes it 255, and it folds to the villain in the button who calls. Well, our villain is in the low jack, but he's, he's going to be in the button in the relevant hand. This is the tilting player. Flop is 8-3-deuce rainbow. The straddler bets 200, and the villain makes it 505. The straddler thinks a minute and shoves, putting villain all in for 1700, who thinks a long time, like five minutes, and then folds. Five minutes. I would, I would consider calling the clock. I call the clock on everyone after three minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Not be having it at my table. Straddler shows Queen Jack offsuit, and villain claims A's 10 offsuit, which, if true, seems like an awful raise on the flop and call preflop. It's a questionable hand all around, I would say. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think the Straddler obviously knew what was going on, and so can't yeah, also, can't fault the flop shove, I think. Also, like, yeah, so this this is good that uh, our correspondent's given us kind of not just good description, but also kind of two relevant hands, but... You know, I think both kind of enforce the this player is tilted. Yeah, it's tilting super hard. Aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on to the hand. So stack sizes. The limper has 2K. Hero has 1,600. Hijack 2,600. And the button has 1,200. So the hand. Early position limps. And our hero makes it 30 in the low jack with sixes. Zach, what do you think about that sizing? And that I honestly, I honestly don't think this. I don't think this is an open. You know, at a at a table like this where you're really deep and it's been like a pretty three bet happy table, especially by you know the villains on the button and it's tilted and three betting a lot. So I think their three betting frequency on the button is going to be extra high. Six is a hand that I want to you know just have a really good probability that I play. And while it's a little transparent to kind of only limp your really good implied odds hands like lower pairs and suited aces. If we add in the occasional limp re-raise with suited aces and some, you know, premium hands, I think it's okay. And even if it is transparent, there's just so much value in, like, being able to, you know, near 100% of the time see a flop when you have a hand like pocket sixes and you're really deep against, you know, a lot of loose and not necessarily great players. So I think uh, I'm definitely limping it here. If it was, like, a limp or two to me and I'm in the hijack, I think that's a different story. Or, you know, but, yeah, I think I think this is a clear limp. Yeah. I agree. I, I would limp. If you were playing a raise-only strategy, which I don't think is necessary or even advisable in this game, but if you were going to only raise out of the low jack, I think sixes could be at the bottom of that range, especially if you're using this sizing of 30. And I like that sizing if you're using a raise-only range. Uh, and I would yes, probably just yeah, open sure. fold, like deuces through fours and maybe in fives. So I think that's reasonable, but I agree with Zach like that I would just limp since I think it sounds like the type of mistakes people are making this game is putting too much money in the pot. And so you're just going to have great implied odds if you can get in cheap and hit a set. And I, I think getting three bet by most players would, or basically getting three bet by anyone because the even the super laggy uh, or tilted player is in position. And it's I, wouldn't, I would say it's not great to be three bet by that player. And I think anyone else, no, given the description, it yeah. would be really bad to be three bad yeah uh, i'm also going to amend what amend what i said i said this would be a clear raise from the hijack i didn't mean the hijack i was thinking the cutoff in my mind uh, i think this is a limp from the hijack as well yeah i mean i think if there hadn't been an early position limp i might open this from the hijack um, oh definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah 
And I'm probably opening it from the low jack. Yeah, I think so too. There's this sort of unwritten, sort of very loose rule that's very exploitative that like it's not fishy to limp if someone already limped. Like it just looks really different to open limp. (laughs) It just looks really different to open limp from like the low jack versus limp behind an early position limp from the low jack. And it's pretty exploitative. We probably wouldn't open limp sixes on the low jack or the high jack, but we would limp behind. And I think it's mostly for exploitative reasons. People just like aren't going to think as much, or it's not going to be as it's not going to look as transparent because so many people are just limping garbage. Yes. Oh, so you, so you're going to say you're saying that like limping, limping behind in this spot makes it less clear that we maybe only have like suited aces and small pocket pairs. Right. Okay. Yeah. That that makes that makes sense to me. Yeah, where if we yeah, open them from and, the hijack and, as a player who normally opens, like I think people will actually consider it more. Yeah, and I and I think just to, to make clear what the exploitative reasons you're talking about, Jack, is like we're we're exploiting the early limper because this limper is likely going to call, you know, a raise with their entire range based on the description. So I don't I mean I think we're mostly the exploitative nature is that like when we are aggressive post flop it should be pretty clear what we have if people knew knew how we were playing and we're exploiting them by what's exploitive is that we're playing a very small and limited range and our opponents don't know that and are going to play poorly against it mm-hmm. cool so our correspondent makes a 30 in the low jack with sixes uh the hijack calls and the button makes it 80 it folds to hero who calls and the hijack calls. Uh, and I think for this price, especially you know with the button sort of tilting really heavily and the hijack very likely coming along too, we have a pretty clear set mining opportunity. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't love that a 3-bet happened, but once it comes back to us here, we're like very happy to put in the extra 50 and, and see a flop with these players. So we had the flop with 245 in the pot. And we see a queen seven six rainbow flop. Hero checks, and I I don't see any reason for leading on this board, so I like the check. Hijack checks, and the button bets two hundred, and so button has about a little over eleven hundred at this point. Okay, so I think I like calling here because I think the button's definitely capable of betting with just like you know. A total whiff and also capable of betting more on future streets with a total whiff and i think that we don't really have to worry about getting max value time they have like an overpair like let, let, let's say this player has an overpair is willing to stack off on the flop assuming the board doesn't come out you know terrible with like a four card straight or something like even if it goes check check on the turn then what we have a little under two pots left behind like i i think we could probably just ship the river against a, a tilted player like this, if they, like, have been three-betting like crazy all night, have kings or aces, and, you know, I don't, I don't think they're folding that hand, even if they maybe know they should. So I think we definitely want to just call and, you know, give this player the the chance to continue bluffing on later streets. And I think on the vast majority of turn cards, I'm going to check and, you know, likely check-raise if there is a uh, a bet from this player. Yeah, I agree. I think we should just give this player as much rope to bluff as possible. 
since I think the hands that we're going to get max value from anyway, assuming that we don't get a terrible run out, we're going to get the money. So uh, we just want to maximize what we're getting from villain's range that whiffed, which could be a huge percentage of the range if he's three betting uh, really wide. And hero does just call and the hijack folds. Uh, and so the pot is 645 and the effective stack is like 920. Oh, yeah, okay. So we'll just have one and a half pots behind. Yeah, then definitely very clear call. Okay, queen seven six. The turn is the queen completing the rainbow. Interesting card. I think I think this is a card that is really not that great for us. Like, I think, you know, the, the villain gave up with ace-king before in the three-bet pot. So I think, you know, this card is usually... I think most players, it's hard to say for this player specifically, but I think most players will understand that, like, you know, when the top pair card pairs, it's usually, like, a really bad card to continue bluffing on. And I think even on, on some level, this player might understand that. So I think this is not a great card for us. I still think probably checking checking is best. Yeah, I agree that checking is best. Since it's probably a better card than for our opponent, I think having a leading range here is reasonable, but I wouldn't include sixes or sevens. I might lead with hands like maybe ace-queen and some bluffs. But, I mean, in this exact spot, like, you're not... I mean, I don't I don't really have... Maybe... Well, I wouldn't show up here with 8-9 suited based on the preflop action, but if I would, I would lead out the turn, but I, you know, it would probably be a ship... Yeah, I, I don't think I'm I'm very rarely bluffing this player. I think given the exact like preflop action, I don't really have any hands that make sense as bluffs here. I mean I would consider like this isn't such a bluff, but I would consider if I had a hand like nines or tens, I would consider leading here. Basically as a bluff. And I take that back. I actually I would prefer to lead with sixes or sevens versus ace queen yeah but i i I just i don't think i'm really ever leading here you know and like i don't i don't think we should have nine you know i think we should call with nines or tens on the flop but like i think for the same reasons we're not check raising the flop like we shouldn't be leading with nines or tens on the turn because this player is just not going to fold a better hand to us well so then why not lead sixes because then we take away his chance to bluff but we only we, have about so, one and a half pots left behind. Yeah. Yeah. But do we think our opponent's going to continue bluffing on this queen turn? I don't do, think he's going to continue bluffing often, but I think that, like, the likelihood we get all the money in against aces or kings on the river, if it goes check, check, is, like, very high. So I, I'm kind of balancing those two things and thinking that giving him the chance to bluff uh, is going to be much better than just like ensuring we get stacks in against a hand like aces or kings. Mm-hmm. So basically you're saying, just to recap, we're saying that villain will not bluff as much on this card, but still bluff some with hands that beat us. Uh, or let's say, obviously I think he's going to continue betting queen X, so we don't have to worry about getting, getting an no. inverse queen X. Yeah. Uh, versus, I guess, 
specifically aces and kings and maybe jacks. We think that I don't villain, know. I mean, I... Specific, or especially aces and kings because aces and kings are like the two value hands that just got a really bad card. Yeah, and you could say I think you could include jacks there, but I, I would I don't think jacks would have necessarily bet the turn anyway on a different card, and this might actually be a good card for jacks, even though they might not it might not call a bet. But yeah, so. Aces and kings, we're saying that we would never be able to get them to fold, whether or not we bet two streets, we led here and then led the river or shoved the river, lead sho- or donk shoved the turn, or it checked through and we shoved the river. In any of those cases, we're saying the aces or kings are going to stack off. Yeah, or it's it's close enough to a hundred that like the one that doesn't happen, that's not worth not giving him the rope to hang himself with a bluff on this turn. Yeah. So if we had something like nine eight suited here, would you consider lead bluffing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I just don't think I would ever show up here with nine eight suited, based on the preflop action. Like I, I would, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't open the hand. And if three bet while a good price, I would, I would probably fold. You wouldn't um, open nine eight suited from the low jack. Not over a limp. No, I would limp behind. Oh really. For sure. Yeah, I, I I mean I like I, I think honestly all the options are like pretty okay, but I think I would prefer limping behind. Yeah, I I, I, per- I personally would I open that. I don't think unreasonable. But and then, and then you're really calling an additional fifty one three bit? Yeah, I think so. I mean against a player I thought was gonna be way too wide. I think it's a pretty yeah, solid yeah, hand to continue with. Okay, I can I can get behind continuing to the three bet. You know, better than like better than, I think like king queen offsuit. Okay, yeah, I I I can definitely get behind calling the additional fifty closing the action. I'm just saying I I do think there is a I do think there is a path to showing up here with like a very like a hand that wants folds very badly. Okay, Uh, I mean I think literally that hand, and then yeah, I guess I would consider open shipping the hand. But against this player, like, I just don't – like, I, I would consider chipping it, but I think I would ultimately decide not to and just check and hope to, like, hope to see a river with 9-8 because I think when we ship here, if this player has aces or kings, this player will, you know, very likely just call even though it's a bad card. I think we'd get folds from, like – I guess it's just a question of, like, how often do you think this player is, like – Three betting nines or tens. How often are they betting that on the flop? Like, well, I think they're. Construct the... I think most of villains' range is unpaired hands here. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely the majority of range is unpaired hands. Okay, yeah, I can get behind betting. Then I guess. Well, it's just it's kind of an awkward. That's like, also already... kind of why I like. I would if I had tens here. I think I would lead it small, just to try and deny our opponent. The, one, the opportunity to bluff, which I don't, I'm not super psyched about bluff catching more with tens or nines. Uh, we didn't sure. turn additional equity. We think it's less likely our opponent will be bluffing, so I'm not super excited to call. So I'd rather try and steal the pot from our opponent with a good price, get them, get our opponent to fold probably too much of his range, uh, and then accept that when we get called by like 
aces or kings likely, I think, makes up most of the calling range. I think queen x would raise, and I think most other hands would just fold. Just shut it down. Yeah, so, like, if you had nines or tens, you'd bet, like, 300? Yeah. And so I'll, so villain, or, sorry, not villain, our hero does actually lead out for 275. And oh, okay. I think... Yeah, I don't, I don't like it with this, with this hand, but I don't, I don't mind having a leading range here. And I guess with 9-8, if we lead out 300, you know, we could comfortably fold to a ship, so... Yeah, and same with nines and tens. And I know, like that's a super capped range, obviously. But I think the whole point is that our opponent, I think, is going to play pretty honestly, since we should have, or I think he'll suspect that we have a lot of top pair hands in our calling range, and we 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 probably will. Although, maybe not quite as many as our opponent will think, or not that our opponent would even think that hard about it, but not as much as our opponent would feel we had. But yeah, so I think we can get away with betting hands that really want to see folds from our opponent's unpaired hands, and then everything else I would just check. Okay. Yeah. But our but our, our correspondent leaves out for 275, and does the villain call? He calls fairly quickly. <sighs> okay. And so I think I think the hand should be pretty straightforward from here. Yeah, uh, I think we're just like shipping basically every single river. Yeah, I think the one river card you might want to check fold would be a queen. Uh, basically anything else, I think you have a jam. And a queen, you could consider a check call, I think, but there's just so, so many hands now beat us yeah, that I, I would probably I, just I check agree. fold. Even like now a stubborn hand of jacks improves, so yeah, I think, I think, I, I think I'm okay check folding. But... I think my decision would be kind of more dependent on like live reads where I think it's definitely like close given the information we have. Yeah. I would, you know, if there was a tank, I would be a little bit more, not a tank tank, but like if there were, if there was some time to think about it, I would be a little bit more suspicious and apt to call on the queen river. But anyway, the river is not a queen. The river's a three. Uh, we have 11.95 in the pot and about 600 in the stacks. And I think we should ship. Yep. I think doing anything but would be a pretty big mistake. Yeah, so interestingly, uh, Hero checks. And let's talk about the check for a second. I guess the main reason to check here would be that one you thought you weren't giving up any value by checking. And two, even if you were risking giving up a little bit of value, you were going to make up that value from being able to bluff catch. Cause I think that I don't think this check is, you know, I have a, I have an ahead or behind hand. I think there's plenty of worse hands that we would expect to call and not very many better hands. If any. So do do we think that, you know, villain's going to have a lot of floats here because I think those floats would N- shove. Yeah, I don't think the villain does have a lot of floats. I think, you know, I think the villain shows up with hands here, like in terms of like our our value targets. Like any any queen x is going to shove this river, uh, so I think we're really value targeting aces and kings. I think this player might occasionally have jacks or tens. And I don't think this player is ever doing anything but checking those hands back. So shoving at least gives us the small chance to get called by those hands. 
but I think we're value targeting aces or kings, and I think those hands like are very likely to check back the river. So, yeah, and so we're talking about like six combinations of aces and kings uh, each, possibly six combinations of jacks or even tens. I, w- I wouldn't give all six just because, you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. The, com- the combinations that call the turn and that call the river. So, like, maybe, like, one or two combos of both those hands combined. Sure. And so, if those are always going to check back, but floats would always fold and floats would always bet, then we, we're we looking for, like, you know, at least 14 or 15 combinations of floats. 9-8 suited does not get us there. And so I think we, we would, we'd have to expect our opponent to be floating with a lot of very low equity hands. Uh, and I don't think that's likely. Yeah. So I would shove and villain does check back here. So hero writes, uh, I think I really mess up this hand and kind of don't like my play on every street. I think I leveled myself thinking he was going to be spazier and splashier than he really was. And I think I think that's especially true on the river, although I think your turn play is almost under the assumption he's going to be less spazzy and splashy than he really was. I think leading is more capitalizing on assuming your opponent's going to be checking back the turn a lot. And also that he won't call like a river shove, but maybe would call two streets. And so that's not consistent with spazzy and splashy. On the flop, uh, Hero writes, I think I should be leading out in a multi in the multi-way pot. If I bet like 135, it will look a lot like I have king-queen or something, and I'm trying to see where I am. This will be very tempting for him to raise with his heir, or of course if he actually has a big queen or an overpair, which will make it very easy to get it all in. So I think you have to consider like what this guy's been through. You know, are, is it is it likely that we'll be able to get it in uh, if our opponent has ace queen plus here and we lead? Yeah, I think I think so. But I think there's plenty of ways to get it in against ace queen plus without leading. Uh, I think the problem here is that if we think our opponent's going to be putting us on king queen when we lead, you know that's good because king queen is not as strong as sixes. Like if our opponent put it on sixes, he would basically fold everything in his range. But Think about what our opponent's been through. Like, he's been pretty aggressive, and it mostly has not worked out for him. I don't think. I think he's a little bit sure he's gonna be he's gonna be bluffing too much in most spots. But I think if he thinks you have king queen, he's not gonna be like hell bent on getting you to fold king queen when he's got error. Yeah, and I think that's also a good. I think a lot of players make the mistake of, like, seeing someone bluffing too much and being tilted and then just, like, taking from that, okay, they're just, like, always over-bluffing in every spot where, like, you know, for the vast majority of people, it's, it's you know, definitely not true and, and certainly not true in big pots. Like, th- this guy, you know, it sounds like he's lost most of the, the chips by, like, bluffing or being too too aggressive, but he's also probably lost by having some second-best hands and it's just been, like, a tough night for him. So, like, if he has, like kings here i i don't think there's any chance of him raising when you lead out here and i think he might even fold the river because the line just looks i think the line just looks like pretty strong when you like check all the flop lead out half pot on the turn and you know shove the river i think like if anything the kind of like 
check turn over but ship on the river seems you know kind of puts him in like a spot where it's like less of okay what's this guy's line and more of like you put me all in and i have one of the best hands i've had all night mm-hmm. but yeah i i like the way our hero actually played the flop in the hand just check calling yeah and i would like check raising much better than leading since i think Basically, I well, I, one I disagree that it'll be tempting for him to raise with his heir, and if he if he has one of those, like a big queen or an overpair, he's going to bet anyway, and we can check raise, and we'll probably get it all in here. So I think the big difference between leading and check raising is that we give our opponent to at least put one bet in with most of his uh, range that he got to the flop with, because I think if you think it's going to be tempting for him to raise, if you have king queen. It'll be even more tempting for him to raise if he thinks that you could have nothing. So I like the, the line is played. If you're concerned about getting it in with versus the top of the range, then I don't mind check raising the flop. Uh, but I think check calling is best, as we said. So here cool. writes. Thanks. Oh, he, he writes a little bit more about the hand. He writes on okay. the turn, I decided to bet small because I didn't want him to check behind. But I think once I check the flop, I have to keep checking assuming he still has a pretty wide range. My thought at the time was that he would be pot controlling with a lot of his ace high and like in hands like H through jacks. But leading out of here only makes sense if I follow through and shove the river. And I agree. I think the main mistake is not shoving the river. Uh, if you think he's going to have a lot of hands like eights and jacks and ace high and he would call those hands, then I... I think leading out is justifiable, although I think Jack and I both agree that checking is probably best. But yeah, I think the main mistake in this hand was not jumping the river. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for writing in. And it took down a big pot. That's never too upsetting. Yep. Cool. Add this to the archives. <laughs>